You're listening to Your Sales MBA with CeCe Aparo and Jeff Hoffman. I screwed up and I don't know what I'm doing. Now that seems like a crazy thing to say. Sounds like you don't have credibility. Sounds like you're an idiot. Well, trust the language. Everyone's been lost and everyone's been frustrated at being lost. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Cece. I'm really proud of you that you're sitting still right now. Because I'm not spinning in my chair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can move around a lot Are when I talk. Are you nervous when we're recording a podcast together? I'm shockingly not nervous. Really? But I do move a lot when I talk. And I will say, it's a beautiful day. It is a beautiful it's day. It's strangely similar to the day we recorded the last two Episode two? two? And episode one. Oh my God. What are the Atlanta. odds? We're, we- we're very tricky over here. <laughs> Very this, tricky. I have a feeling that this will be the last podcast with a day exactly like this. I'd pay you big money to be a psychic, <laughs> Jeff. I actually went to see a psychic yesterday. Oh, God. I have an addiction. Did you really? You're making yeah, it up? no, I'm dead serious. What, I'm did, not, what I, did she say? And what is she that say? sexist that I know it was a she? No, it wasn't sexist because okay. I've told you about the psychic I see all the time. <laughs> Mrs. White. But I did want to tell you something. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I've seen you open trainings where you talk about this idea of your friends and family saying to you like, oh, you got, you took a job in sales. Like, that's perfect for you. I can totally see you doing that. And tell our listeners why we normally say that. Like, what's the reason? Because for most of us, we like people, we're friendly, we're outgoing, and people who care about us and like us see that in us, and they see the instant connection between that and sales. The truth is those two things really don't, our friendliness and our good nature and curiosity about people and our extroverted nature that many of us share, it just makes sales easier. It doesn't make us right. good at it. Right. And I think that we learn that the hard way when we realize, oh, I take all this happy, friendly goodness and I slap it on the phone. And it doesn't work. Totally. I was very proud of myself recently. I've always been good at, I don't want to say it's manipulation because I'm not manipulative. Although you can ask Ben, he might say otherwise, but I use a lot of the sales skills that I've been taught the other day to get something I really needed and wanted, which was an upgrade at a hotel. <laughs> Really? Yeah. So I'll tell you the story. I want to hear this. We were on vacation, my family in California, and it was one of those long vacations over the course of 10 days. Thanks for letting me take that time off, BT Dubs. And we stayed at multiple hotels. The final hotel we got to was actually for a wedding. And it was the hotel that all my friends were staying at. And I was traveling with Beatrice, my daughter, who is nine months old. And when we got to that hotel, I instantly knew it wasn't going to be a fit for us. How come? It was a converted motel. So it was a motel. Like it wasn't even a hotel. It was a motel. So access to the room was from the parking lot or street? From the parking lot. Yeah. Yep. That is my definition of a motel. Are you in the interior when you go to the room or exterior when you go to the room? Instantly, they were like, great, welcome, Mrs. Aparo. Uh, we have you on the second floor. And I'm like, so you want me to walk up those? Where's your elevator? I'm traveling with a child. I went to four different rooms. Long story short, every room had an issue with it. It was gross. It wasn't happening. I called my mom in a panic. My husband would say like anywhere. As long as he has a bed and a shower, he'd be like, I don't see what's wrong with this place. I had a panic, called my mom, and she was like, what are you going to do? And I said, the closest hotel in town is a mile away but it's triple the price, triple. And I was like, we've been on vacation for 10 days. So I want to spend triple the price for another three nights in order to get there. And my mom said, as only my mom could, you have to. 
So I got off the phone with my mom and I called the hotel in town. And a woman answered the phone. Her name was Jean. I'll never forget it because the conversation went a little something like this. Thanks for calling the hotel. And I said, hi, what's your name? She said, my name's Jean. And I said, Jean, my name is Cece and I need your help. And then I told her the entire situation. I'm in town for a wedding and I'm at a hotel and I can't stay here. It's unsafe. I have a baby. The whole kit and caboodle, I gave it all to her. And Jean listened like a great sales rep. She just like shut up and listen. Then she started to tell me all about the amazing amenities that they had there at her hotel. And I was like, Jean, you don't need to sell me. I know. I can see right online right now. This is perfect. And she said, can I ask you where you're staying? And I told her, she said, can I ask you how much you're paying? And I told her and she said, give me one second, put me on pause. And I knew I was on real pause because like there was real music in the background. She takes me off. She was like, hi, Cece. I said, yeah. She said, I have a room for you. It's our only room left. And I'm going to give it to you at the same rate per night that you are paying at the hotel down the street. And I called my mom and I was so proud of myself. And she said what I knew my mom would say, only you. (laughs) But that's not true. Mm -mm. So many people can get in a hotel upgrade. Mm -hmm. It's just a function of how you go about doing it. So what do you think you did there that helped your case? Well, first of all, I was a lost puppy asking for help. That helps. Totally. I think so. I think that leading with I'm lost and I screwed up and I've got a problem and you need help. I think that's a good way to start instead of assuming you're going to kind of get help from them. What else do you think helped you? What else do I think helped me? I think my honesty and my vulnerability was a massive part of this. I didn't go in with the idea that I was going to get this room cheaper or at the same price. Maybe I was hoping that she would take some pity on me, but I wasn't going in with a number in mind and I wasn't going in with any assumption that she was going to give me the price at a third of a discount. I mean, it was three times more expensive. So I think that was a big piece of it. What do you think? No, no, I think that's right. I think that um, one of the things that we teach a lot, it's true in sales and true in situations like this, is that you want to be patient with people, even when you're impatient with your circumstance. Yeah. It's okay to be impatient with what's happening to you or what's happening to me, whether it's frustration or disappointment or even anger. But it needs to be focused on the circumstance, not on the person you're talking to. The person you're talking to needs to be patient. But what happens is we often are so exasperated at what we're dealing with that we take that exasperation to the poor clerk who could possibly help us. Remember, when you're trying to get an upgrade for nothing, you're asking for a favor and you're asking Uh the only person who can give you that favor. Right? Why would you be anything less than incredibly gracious, patient, and courteous? To be demanding or angry to that person is so misaligned to what you're trying to accomplish. At the same time, though, just begging and pleading for it ain't going to do it either. So a big part of it is with patience. I generally start those moments. I'm a fast talker anyway. And I do this routine where... I think about what I want to say and I say it in real time in my brain and then I say it out loud. It forces me to have these super long pregnant pauses. Now I'll explain. So Cece, I want you to be a hotel. This will be like, you could be on the phone, similar to what you just said. And you be the hotel manager, whoever's doing the reservations and I'll, I'm going to be looking for the upgrade here. So we're talking on the phone and uh, go ahead and answer the phone. Hotel Apero. Yes. Uh, hi, my name is Jeff Hoffman. I'm not a um, I'm not a guest currently uh, of your hotel, although I'm thinking to be. What's your name? My name's Cece. Hi, Cece. I um, really screwed up. How can I help you, Jeff? Well, I 
I booked a room at XYZ Hotel about a mile from you. And even though I've looked at multiple rooms, I can tell pretty quickly this isn't really where I want to stay. And it's 1030 at night and I don't know your town very well. Okay. And what hotel are you at right now? The Hotel Chanticleer. Okay, time out. So listen to all these pauses I'm giving. It almost sounds like it's like a weird delayed connection or I'm like a little slower than your average bear. (laughs) But that's all by design. Right. Because my long pauses creates an air of calmness. And when people are more likely to do something special for you, in a calm environment than they are in a chaotic environment. Right. In a calm environment, I can decide, let me give this guy a break. In a chaotic environment, I am more likely to go back to what I know, which is our rules and procedures. Right. I think that that is ultimately one massive advantage I have. My inclination, my instinct was to get on that phone and be like, I need to get a new room. I have a baby, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but to most ju- just that moment to say, hi, what's your name? And then to say, Gene, I, I need your help. I think that was like the deep breath that I needed yeah. both for her in that moment and for myself so that I could get out what I wanted to say clearly. And, and, and it sounds, if you play it back, it's like the first reaction is when I said, uh, I screwed up. Mm. Remember, I started by saying I'm not a guest at your hotel. So you right. already know this is not a customer service issue. Right. So you know this is not a, someone who's going to be complaining. And remember, you always don't remember the context of how people meet. Like, you talk to a hotel clerk. Who is she talking to all day? Customers. Customers. And most of their experiences are transactional or agitated. They do not right. have a lot of things in between. So- you coming at them already saying I'm not a customer and then saying I screwed up, which usually it's everyone but the customer screws up when they talk. But you don't know. It sounds like I screwed up. Well, maybe the hotel's at fault. What do you mean? And then you realize very quickly, oh, our hotel has done nothing to anger this person. Mm-hmm. This person isn't angry at me and doesn't show it in their voice. When you're angry because of the last hotel and you've got an attitude or a voice to the new hotel, they have no way of knowing that's from the old hotel. So they're thinking, you're pissed at me. Well, screw you. You're not even a guest here. Why would I give you a break? So that slow molasses in your responses makes your conversation with this clerk unlike probably any conversation she's had today, which frees her to make new choices. I think that's so smart. Jeff just nodded his head. Yes, he knows. No, he is. but But it's what you taught me to do a long time ago. And it is what you taught me to do. And I think about like, where is the first application of this that I ever learned? It's with gatekeepers. And that is exactly... Tell me more, Cece. Yeah, let me tell you. But it's so so true. Because when you are dealing with a gatekeeper... So many reps get on the phone with that gatekeeper. He or she has had so many conversations today with the sales rep who is trying to bulldoze their way into the door or into the voicemail of that executive. With a and motor mouth on top. They're talking super right. fast. They're talking so fast. Or they're doing this horrible thing, which just nothing pisses me off more than when I hear someone say, well, I just sweet talk her and make her feel special. Oh, my God. Like, like, it's, like, my, it's 2019. Like, Let's like the CEO, like the EA for the CEO of Johnson & Johnson needs you, you to make little her feel rep, good. to feel good about herself. I That's know. ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So to have that pacing, to have that attitude, and to have that level of both being assertive, clear about what you want, 
and to be vulnerable. And I think the most vulnerable way is to say, I don't know your CEO directly. I've never mm, met him right, or her right. before. I don't know where to start. I don't know where to start, but then, can you help me? Just I don't know where to start and nothing else. And just be quiet until they say, well, how can I help? Like, yeah. just wait for them to say that. It takes a couple of seconds. I am, I screwed up and I don't know what I'm doing. Now that seems like a crazy thing to say. Sounds like you don't have credibility. Sounds like you're an idiot. Well, trust the language. Everyone's been lost and everyone's been frustrated at being lost. There will be a few seconds of silence when you say things like, you know, I don't even know your boss, Bob, and I'm lost. And if you stay in that silence long enough, she'll say, well, what are you lost with? And then you can show them how smart you are with all the research you did. And then you can say, well, look, I don't even know if I want Bob, but we do X, Y, Z, and I'm looking for somebody in your organization that does Y, Y, Z, and I don't know where to start. And I've only been in this company for a few months, and they all want me to call CEOs. I don't even know what I'm doing. And she'll laugh like you just did and say, you know what? You don't want to talk to Bob. You want to talk to Carolyn. And Carolyn's in this department. And tell her I said it was okay. And they'll go, you know what? Hey, this is the nicest call I've had today. Thank you for that. And, you know, that's like how two normal people can have a conversation. Because when you are looking for a favor for someone. Which is exactly what you're asking for. Which is what you're asking for. To be aggressive while asking for a favor is so counterintuitive to Mm -hmm. how human beings behave Mm -hmm. shame on you it's not how you do it but unfortunately it's how so many of us were taught in sales it's the first thing i was ever taught in sales was to pretend to be that person's niece on the phone niece niece call that ceo cc and pretend to be pretend to be his niece oh yeah is my uncle available oh gross gross is right Uh, i didn't know better jeff i hadn't met you yet so i was just i was just a lost soul oh my poor cc help me you know know. the better world i know i know this is good i like this i like we're constantly using our sales techniques in the real world and i love sharing how we do it me too this is fun all right well thanks so much for listening have a great great week great great week and happy selling happy selling hi again cc here thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of your sales mba if you want to make sure that you never miss an episode Don't forget to go on to iTunes or Google Play or Spotify, wherever you're listening to this, and subscribe, rate, and review as we love hearing from you. And if you want to get your sales questions answered, feel free to send it to us at podcast at sellhoffman.com. We'll see you next week. Happy selling.